Sunsets from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Um, I was given the, the topic, the finishing agenda, to preach today, to teach on today. And as Pimo told me, you're going to preach on the finishing agenda. I still, I still approach preaching. I've been preaching now for a while, but I still approach preaching with trembling hands. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> he's delivering me, Sha, small, small, because I came today excited. Uh, but I, I, I met the Lord and I was like, Father, what would you have? What, what would you have me speak on? You know, they've given me a topic, but really, I mean, what would you have me speak on? And, and he goes, what is an agenda? And so I went and I, you know, researched what an agenda was. And, you know, I mean, you have the meeting agenda, but there's another, another, uh, there's another definition of agenda, and it's the underlying intentions of a person or people group, right? So I'm like, Lord, what was your underlying intention for the finishing generation? We know now more than ever that we are the generation that... We're, we're coming to the closing of the age. And we are the generation that the Lord is looking to end the age with. And it is important that if we're going to get it right, we must know what his intentions are. We must understand what the mind of God was for us as a people. You study church um, or you study church theology and you see that precept upon precept, every generation has something that they come with. You know, you have the Lutherians that came and brought revival. You have, you know, the, the, the revival generations, the Charles Spurgeons and the rest of them. You know, there's, they carry a mind, God, God had an intention for that generation and they were able to accomplish it, right? And so for us, Lord, what is your intention? We do not rebuke the fathers because we now see where they got it wrong. How many of us have read God's generals and we're like, oh man, they could have gotten it better here. They could have gotten better here. But it's, it's not about that, you see. They, they, they were building precept upon precept. We have an understanding because of the work that they did. However, as we are the finishing generation, there is something that the Lord has in store for us, right? Um, and he took me to Genesis 1. 26 to 28 he always he always see that that end, begins at the uh, ends a thing before he he starts it obviously took me to the beginning so genesis 1 26 to 28 and he said let us make man please can i have it because i'm i'm reading from my um genesis 1 and pimo has given me the liberty of time because he says that we are going to be going as the spirit leads so i'm really thankful for that because i've got quite a lot to um share today Genesis 1, 26 to 28, and I love the NLT version. Um, it says, then God says, let us make human beings in our image and to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then I'm going to focus on verse 28. It says, then God said to them, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth 
and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry on the ground. I'm going to focus on fill the earth and govern it. Fill the earth and govern it. Right? And so if that was his instruction, that is what he intends for us to do as a finishing generation. But how? How is that? You know, whenever we speak about the day of the Lord, you know, the day of the Lord is, is the day where the Lord God, how many of us know the day of the Lord? I'm, I'm just speaking out a tough time. Feel like, yeah, day of the, Lord. the day of the Lord is a day where, you know, God is Lord and his agenda rules and there's revival and nobody has any other intentions and it's just the Lord. And then we speak about the Jewel 2 army, the Jewel 2 army who are like fire. They're like horses. They're strong. Behind them is the wilderness. Before them is the Garden of Eden. You know, that is, we see that and we're like, yes, the army that will come and take over the nations for the Lord. And we're like, yeah, where are that army? I mean, look at that, yeah, like that. Whenever you think about the day of the Lord, that's like the girl you have and like, yeah, we're like this, we're this uh, army of soldiers sold out to the will of the master. You know, we know our platoons, we know our formations, we know where we are. Ah, we are forerunners, blazers. I don't, I don't, I'm here to break some tables today. I normally do, so please forgive me. You know, and while that may be good, why then are all the soldiers not conquering the mountains? Why then are all the soldiers who are crying for revival, let your revival come. Let your visit us again, God, that you may dwell in our midst. And God is looking like, oh, I think y'all have it a little bit wrong. And so we're here to remove the scales this morning. Hallelujah. I might offend some people, but go back and read the scripture with the Holy Spirit. He'll, 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 he'll lead you into all things. He's the spirit of truth anyway. It's not for me to do. Hallelujah. I come to put it to you today that the army of soldiers for the Lord is not actually an army of soldiers, but of sold out sons. An army of sons who know their God, who know their God, who have waited on their God, who become like their God so that they begin to do the exploits. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, whilst the agenda of the Lord, I'm here to, I, I, if I'm coming to preach about the finishing agenda, it's like, the agenda of the Lord is for us to fill the earth and then I can go and sit down. But it's, it's more than that. It's to, it's to unfold it by his grace so that we really begin to do his will. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Habakkuk 2 verse 14, we all know it, until the glory of the Lord fills the earth as the waters cover the sea, right? But how, how do we get there? Hebrews, I believe it was Hebrews 10 or so. I'm not, I'm not that great. God's helping me with scripture, but I believe it's Hebrews where, Hebrews 1, I'm sorry, Hebrews 1 verse 7 or something, where we're speaking about Jesus Christ as the express glory of the Father, 
right? So when we ask, when we look to see the glory of the Lord, right? The glory of the Lord is Christ. And where scripture was talking and saying, until the glory of the Lord fills the earth as the waters cover the sea. Some people think it's evangelism. That's good. Yes, that's nice. But it's until the glory of the Lord, until the glory of the Lord fills the earth. Hallelujah. Until the glory of the Lord. Somebody point to my, yourself. Until the glory of the Lord fills this earth as the water cover the sea. And I'm going to take you to, I love, you see, I used to be afraid of revelations. I didn't understand it. It was such a complex and complicated scripture. You just say, hey, God, I used to be afraid. Say, God, I have to give my life to Christ. How many of us grew up in like assemblies of God or deeper life? <laughs> Where the message of if you don't give your life to Christ, the apocalypse is going to come and you'll be in Armageddon and you will not be, you will not be taken away. <laughs> and so I used to be really scared of revelation until the revelation of revelations was revealed to me. Hallelujah. Let's read Revelations 1. Revelations 1. Um, from the NKJV, Revelations 1. Verse 1. We're going to be in Revelations for a bit. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified by his angel to his servant John, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. So revelations, and the word revelation there is apocalypsis. And the translation of apocalypsis is manifestation. And so I hope that the way I explain it today, you go back and you're able to read the book of Revelations in a new light. It's the revelation of Jesus, which God gave to Jesus Christ to reveal it to John for the things that will take place, right? And so revelations... Yes, in many ways it is. And shortly after, you know, Jesus Christ is revealed, right? There are messages that go out to the seven churches. Now, the seven churches in scripture, they have historical significance, they have a prophetic significance, and they have doctrinal significance, right? Historically, these seven churches actually did exist. They existed in Asia Minor, where we know now as Turkey in the present day. And so these churches, Pegamus, Smyrna, all of them, Ephesus, Laodicea, they were actual churches. So that is their historic significance. Prophetically, they had a prophetic significance because they actually um, were proclamations of a revival eras that were to come subsequently. And so we study them. If you study them, I'm not going to bore. I'm not, I'm not even boring ourselves. I'm not going to dwell into it right now because that's not the focus for today. But prophetically, you look at the seven churches and you're able to see precept upon precept the eras of the church in them right however doctrinally and this is where i want to stay they are actual representations of the believer there you you look at the church you look at ephesus for example the meaning of ephesus um translates to 
relax from efforts. And this is Revelations 2, verse, uh, Revelations 2 verses 1 to 7, where you see that God, Jesus Christ is commending them. You have done well. You have been diligent. You know, you have hated the Nicolaitan um, doctrine, which is compromise. You have, you know, done well to look at false prophets and, you know, condemn them. However, he held one thing against them. It says, you have forgotten your first love. And in every part, we're, we're, I encourage you to go back and read um, the seven churches, the letters to the seven churches. Because in every single letter to the seven churches, Christ comes as a solution. In, when he's speaking to Ephesus, he comes as the head of the church. He comes as the one that bears the seven lampstands, right? And he is the one that is saying, he now says that if you do not repent, if you do not listen, I will come and take your lampstand away from you. However, if you do, I will give to you again, Ephesus, the tree of life. And then, you know, and that is a type of believer. Ephesus is one that works. How many of us have been in the Ephesus church where you are striving from your works, where you are performing, you're depending on the things that you do. I am a believer. I pray seven times a day. I pray for elongated hours. I am able to discern in the spirit and condemn those. In fact, I believe that even right now more than ever, the church and this dispensation of the church is actually in this Ephesus um, uh, space. Because we, are, we, we understand works. We understand the principles of the spirit. We understand what it is to seek and we get power in the spirit. We get that. But God is saying, you've forgotten the foundation. You've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten where we began. Hallelujah. You've forgotten. Return again. Return again. And then I, I, I'm just going to use two churches for, for today, you know, but I encourage us to go back and, and maybe I will actually preach the, the message of, of the letter to the seven churches at some point, Pimo, if you will let me. But um, he now addresses Smyrna. Smyrna right after, Revelations 2 verses 8, all the way down. And the translation of Smyrna is myrrh, which means death, right? And you see, you juxtapose Smyrna, who seems very poor materially, but he says, but you are rich. Who is, who, who, who is, is under tribulation and who is under, and he's saying that the devil is coming yet again to, to, to throw you into prison, but be, be of good courage. I have encouraged, I have given you life. He presents himself to Smyrna as the resurrection and the life. That is the solution that Christ brings to Smyrna. And against Smyrna, I notice he has no accusation. Because they are dead. Because they are dead. I'm going somewhere. And so you see that the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, which God gave to Christ to give to his servant John. I keep on going here because it's so important. Right? After that is announced, Christ then begins to speak to the seven churches and he sends messages to the seven churches. And then Revelations 5 happens. After the message to the seven churches, you know, there's worship in heaven, and then we get to Revelations 5. I want us to go there. 
Revelations 5 verses 1 to 5. Media, I'm so sorry. I should have sent my scripture notes so that we would have prepared. But if you can please help me. Thank you. Revelations 5 from verses 1 to 5. And it says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. Everybody say a scroll. A scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Verse 2. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. Verse 4, and so I, John, wept. I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Verse 5, but behold, one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Let's go to verse 4. I wept much. And I asked the Lord, why was John weeping? I thought he was just, he ascended into heaven and was just a bystander as to proclaiming that things of the things that were to come. Why did it affect him that nobody was found worthy? to open the scrolls. Why? I put it to you, church, that because John had a witness that the opening of that scroll, the opening of those books, affected earth, affected the activities on earth. If that scroll was not opened, deliverance would not have come. And so he wept much. If that scroll was not open, salvation would not have come. And so he wept much. And then you come and see, let's, let's go further down. I, I love this bit. Let's go verse 6, please. Uh, and I look... And behold, in the midst of the throne of the four, and, and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out all, into all the earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And he took the scroll, the lamb took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. This is the revelation of Jesus which God gave to Jesus to reveal to John the things that were to come. Hallelujah. This is it. This is it. And then from, from chapter 5, you see that things just start to happen. Once the scroll is read, you know, horses begin to come out. And I like to, you know, battles, tribulations, fighting. Hallelujah. That scroll was Christ. That scroll was Christ. I put it to you that what if our volume of books is what we are supposed to be living now? Where it says, let there be. What if we allow our volumes of, I'm running too far. Let me just, let me, let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. And so the agenda of God 
for us is to reveal Christ in us. Because we, we look at the volume of books. We look at, you know, doing the will of the Lord. And we, th we think, you know, it's, it's something that has to be read. Your life is the volume of books. The will of the Lord is that which you are born to reveal as Christ. Apocalypsis. Because Revelations, um, Romans 8 says, the whole earth is groaning in birth pangs for the same thing, for the apocalypsis of the sons of God. The word, the, manif the word manifestation there is the same word that is used in Revelation, the apocalypsis. And so earth is waiting and so is the Lord. And so is the Lord. But what if, what is stopping that? What is stopping that? What is stopping that? You know, Christ has come. Christ has done. Christ has conquered. Christ has given victory. He said it is finished. And so why is there this impediment that is causing us to not really be able to fully progress into the will of the Lord? It's sons that believe they are soldiers. Or it's sons that believe they're servants. The Bible says that we have not again received the spirit of bondage. But we have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba. And then we graduate into sonship to say, Father. Abba is daddy. And then we walk. As we, as we walk depending on the Holy Spirit. As we walk relying, believing that which he has said concerning us. We graduate in that place of sonship. You see that the keys to sonship and fully attaining this inheritance that sorry that the Lord truly needs us to attain is belief and obedience we've done things too much from head knowledge God first handles us in the heart by the heart man believes unto righteousness hallelujah it's it's been head knowledge too too long and so we know but we don't believe it's like we're putting the the cart before the horse and we're not really able to manifest as we are supposed to right we're not really able to reveal ourselves as we're supposed to because the church has been preaching a message of performance for far too long christ came Christ came. Christ died. He initiated it all. Ah, I, I, whoever can grab this will grab it. Will grab the whole purpose of my, my speaking this morning. Christ has done it all. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. And so... And that is where the enemy fights. Remember the last time I think I spoke here on Christmas Day, we spoke about the same thing. Where the enemy fights your belief system. He fights that which you know is true. Because he knows that if you can believe, if you can believe, then you will begin to manifest in a different way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, Tom Tom. Hallelujah.
And so God's intention is to call us up out of this earth realm, out of measure, into fullness. Out of measure. Out of this place of just getting your needs met every day. Out of this place of just, you know, just, okay, Father, heal me for today. And that is it. No, 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 no. He's calling us out of measure into fullness. Out of this earthly realm into this kingdom reality. That is the whole point of scripture. Colossians says to fix your eyes on things that are above. That is where you are from. How do I, O oh Lori, the things that are around me, the things that are surrounding me, the circumstances that I'm facing are just too much for me to... No, they're not. No, they're not. Our perception of reality has to become his perspective. And that is where he needs us. Look, <laughs> That, that, don't, don't let anybody lie to you and say that God does not need you. God needs us to come into fullness. Because it is only when we come into fullness that the, fish, the finishing agenda is made manifest. It's only when we come into fullness that apostolic meetings like this can, can grow into apostolic networks that can grow into and become apostolic cities and become apostolic states. God is not looking for us just to gather here every time. That is great. But he's looking for fullness. And fullness is beyond Sunday, Sunday church. Fullness is even beyond daily prayer. Fullness is an abiding. It's an abiding mindset. It's an abiding reality where you practice the presence of God on a daily basis and you don't have to strive for it. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. And as you believe, obedience is easier. Obedience is easier. Scripture says, Lo, I've come according to the volume of the books to do thy will, O God. It means that the will of the Lord is in your volume of books. And everybody's volume of books is different. The fullness of Christ that I have is different from the measure of the fullness of Christ that Pastor Latin Day has. It will take that place of relationship with the Father through belief. He's done it all. He says, abide in me and I abide. And I, 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 I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me so that, you know, you will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And Christ wasn't being braggadocious when he was saying that. He wasn't like, <laughs> you know, without me, you really ain't nothing. No, he was just telling you. He was just showing us from whence we came. Right? I was very careful when I was putting the message together today because I didn't want to preach another message that will stir performance in the hearts of the saints. I didn't want to. The enemy has gotten to our pulpits to a little leaven leavens the whole lump. To corrupt the message so that when people hear it, they think, okay, now I have to do something for the Lord. No. And so I was very careful. I was like, Lord, help me to preach today so that your word will hit the, the soil of our hearts and 
take deep roots that will cause for true transformation in your children, in your sons and your daughters. So that we're no longer performing for God. He's looking and he's like, what, what's going on? I already did everything. I, it is finished was it is finished. I wasn't lying, I promise. It is done, it is done. I wasn't lying, I promise. And there's that fear, I'm even hearing it now. Oh my goodness, that means if I approach Christianity, if I approach the Lord like in a certain way, that means I'm not revering. No, stop it. Stop it. That's not true. That's not true. That's religion. Allow him to break down the walls of religion and really bring us into relationship. Because it is only those that know their God. And the only way you can know your God is from relationship. It's nothing that I'm going to teach you. It's not through a set of principles. It's not through a set of, you know, rules. Yes, there's a place for those things. But it's not through that. Being strong and doing exploits. But first, being strong. Because you have practiced his presence his presence is where you live you move you have your being hallelujah and so God is calling us out of measure into fullness he's calling us out of measure and into fullness he's pulling us like I said out of this earthly disposition into a kingdom anointing because the only way that our God is fully represented on earth is in fullness and in abundance. We know that our God doesn't do anything in measure, right? And so if his intention for man, if his intention for us as a people is to be truly, for him to be truly glorified, it means that there must be a, there must be a fullness from, from the abundance of God we are reflecting our world. We are reflecting him to our world, right? And, and so I think John 15, when, when Jesus Christ is speaking, he says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that what your joy may be full. Ephesians 3 um, 18 to 19 says that, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a myth. It's reality. It is possible to be filled with the fullness of God. It is 100% possible. In fact, it's so possible that God in this time is looking to do with the smallest amount of people in Ecclesia Hills, the largest amount of work. Because it's like, I really need you guys to be full. I really need you guys to come into this place of fullness. I need it. I need it. I need you to come into fullness in your minds. I need you to come into fullness in your hearts. I need you to come into fullness in your finances. I need you to come into... Because how will things be built... I need to come into fullness in your marriages to have the abundance of that which I believe for marriage so that at that family structure, you will represent me to your children and your children will represent me to their world. I need you to come into fullness, not just in one aspect of your life, but in every aspect of your life. I need you to come into fullness. 
by obeying my will. And this is where I don't, I don't, this is where the prophetic, I love it. Because the prophetic is our volume of books. Where the Lord releases a prophetic word concerning us, steward it properly. Steward it properly. Write it down. Transcribe it. Break it down. Look for Father God, where is this coming with scripture? Where the Lord gives you scripture? I have my volume of books. I've been so privileged by one of my mentors. You know, she, she transcribed all my prophetic words for me. And so I read it back to him from time to time. And sometimes, you know, where the enemy tries to fight our beliefs, like, oh, but we're not seeing it now. Adopt a posture as, that is, as it is in heaven. Frustration doesn't dwell in heaven. Only hope. And so where I read my prophetic words, I'm like, thank you, God, because I believe that even if I'm not seeing it now, you have called me to the nations, Lord. Even if I'm not seeing it now, God, dead bodies will be raised by virtue of the anointing that you've put on my life. I thank you because that is my volume of books. Hallelujah. And so I'm reading it back to him. And, and he'll be like, yeah, Lord, you said. He says, yeah, yeah, I know I said it. I know I said it. I know I said I said that right that's that's pretty cool to me and, and you're able to really converse with the Lord as it is in heaven fullness is coming out of this earthly realm because there are limitations in the earth there are limitations of time limitations of space there's limitations earth realm only gives you measure you can't be in fullness if you dwell on the earth your reality is in heaven. Your reality is in heaven. Your posture is in heaven. That is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He came to give you the fruits of the Spirit. And, and, and yeah, we're going to talk about that. So that you can abide in him. That is, the, that is the way that you abide. That is the way that you practice his presence through the fruits. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit are grown in the most terrible ground, can I just say? <laughs> the fruits of the Spirit are grown in persecution. The fruits of the Spirit are grown in, in <laughs> hallelujah, I'm getting witnesses. Where people are backstabbing you and he's like, love on them. Show them my joy. Be glorious, joyful. And you're like, God, Lord. The, 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 the situations that are surrounding me. And he's like, yeah, tune into my joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I did that. I allowed that. I allowed that so that my joy will be full. So that my joy. He, when Jesus Christ was telling his disciples these things I've told you. He was just telling them that he's about to die. He says, but be of good courage. That is, that is the fruits of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit are grown in rotten ground. And so how about we stop looking at our circumstances as trials and tribulations and we begin to look at them as opportunity. We begin to look at them as opportunity. That is how God takes, shifts perception into perspective. Because in heaven, there is never a bad moment ever there is never a hopeless situation there is never a hopeless situation it's always full of hope it's always full of hope and so we begin to look at our circumstances as opportunity so we can partner with the Holy Spirit to grow in fullness out of measure into fullness
out of measure into fullness. And so I'm broke, but God, I thank you because this is an opportunity to show me stewardship. Because you said in your word that if I'm faithful and little, you will make me abundant and much. So I thank you, God, for the season of being broke. I thank you, God, for the season of being broke because then I'm able to see your hand as Jireh, the one that delivers me and comes through for me every time. Because if I was not broke, how will I be able to understand? And I'm speaking to somebody here. How will I be able to see your hand? I'm able to experience koinonia with you because if I have abundance, then I mean, or if, if, if there's an abundance of, of wealth, then there's a measure of God that you miss. There's a measure of God that you miss. I mean, there's another aspect of God because he's limitless. But what if he's trying to show you this part for a season? And so instead of being frustrated and being like, Lord, and, and, and envious of people, and you're like, oh, Lord, but their own is not like that. Why is my own like that? No, your volume of books is different. They that compare themselves to themselves are what? Okay, let's take wisdom. After the Holy Spirit, oh God, I said I wasn't going to do this today. But <laughs> this is part of the anointing. Just forgive me. You know, they that compare themselves to themselves are not wise. And wisdom that comes from above is able to give us perspective. And they that dwell in the secret place. Where is that secret place? You know, we pray for it for protection. But that secret place is heavenly realms. That secret place is where the devil can't touch you. And he will be frustrated because you are wearing him out. He looks to wear you out. But if you come every morning, because his mercies are new every morning, hallelujah. And you're like, okay, God, I took a beating today, but I thank you because there's tomorrow. I thank you because new every morning are your mercies. And I'm able to connect again. I may have been frustrated. It takes practice. Practicing the presence of God takes practice. But in the, pres in, in, in the kingdom, practice makes permanent. And so he gives you peace. And there are situations where fear is just, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. I never thought I would be here. And you're looking at these situations and fear and anxiety are staring you in the face. And then the Lord opens the door to peace and he's like, come. Come, come rest with me. Come chill with me. Because peace cannot be practiced without persecution peace cannot be practiced without anxiety it's not possible if there is no night there will not be day do you see that you are unable to appreciate the light if there's no darkness it's a principle hallelujah and so the peace that he's bringing you into, the joy that he's given you, have to be practiced right next to these opposing tensions. But the enemy wants to give you a mind that is not like Christ. He wants to make you think that everything has to be okay for you to have peace. He wants to make you think that everything has to be happy for you to have joy. But I've come this morning to tell you, practice the presence of God. Let the joy of the Lord fill your hearts like never before. Choose joy. Hallelujah. 
choose joy and the more you practice the more you practice the more you practice you'll come to find one day I'm just a joyful person I don't understand it and they're looking at you and you're like oh my god this is happening you're like yeah I'm so happy I'm just like all I could do is smile because the heavenly realms are my reality and it is them that can do the exploits and it is those sons that go out and are blazing like a fire. The Joel 2 army is not an army of servants. It's an army of those that know their Abba. Those that have come from a place of daddy. Daddy provide. Daddy give to a place of father. Father, what are we doing on the earth realm? Father, what is your will today for Nigeria? Father, what is your will for Africa? Father, what is your will? They have practiced his presence enough. They have grown in stewardship. They understand what the word of the Lord is concerning their lives. And they're like, lo, I've come like Christ. In the volume of books, it is written of me to do your will, O oh God. But it will take belief and obedience. That is it. It's simple. It's really, really simple. It's really, really simple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And may we be them today. I believe that in the, in the power of the creative word of God, where he releases a word, he says, let there be. And so I speak to you. Become. Become the sons. Become the sons of Abba. Come into your inheritance. He's looking. It's already done. Come into your inheritance. We engage in inheritance by relationship with the Lord. We engage in inheritance by walking with him engaging with him because God is a territory God is a territory that we have <laughs> that we have believe believe because the Lord is looking for the generation and I believe it is us that will finish the work what will it be if Amomi was opened as Christ was opened because that is it let he open the volume of books we are volumes of books your life is the volume of the books you are volumes of books hallelujah allow yourself to be read by the father allow yourself to be read by the father Christ in you Christ in you is the volume of books allow him to be unearthed allow him to be read to your world until the glory of god the father is seen on the covers the earth as the waters cover the seas this is his intention allow him to be read by you until all your family sees Jesus until all your community sees is Jesus until all your city sees is Jesus until all your country sees is Jesus and that is how we take over the mountains that is how we take over the mountains that is how we possess our possession that is how church that is the how 
Speaking in tongues is brilliant. I love it. It's, I love it. I love it. I love it. Sometimes I have no words and all I can do is do that. But if our posture is different, then we're not able to get it. There's no need for performance. He sees you. He loves you. There is nothing that you can do today or not do that will make him love you anymore or any less. He loves you. He's done the work. Just abide. Just abide. Just abide. Abide. Believe and obey him. He's done it already. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And so I'm just going to pray for you guys. Oh, thank you, boo. I'm just going to pray for you guys. Um, before I leave, I'm going to just say a quick word of prayer. Thank you. Thank you, sweet spirit of the living God. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you. I thank you because your word came with much power today to truly open eyes and give people, your children, Lord, the, the ability to walk again. Those that have been crippled and not really, or even impeded in their walk, Lord, I thank you because your word has come to set the captives free again. Thank you for your word, God. Father, for every single person that hears this, I ask, Father, for grace to abound towards them, that their eyes may see, oh God, that their eyes may see as you see in the name of Jesus, that perception will turn to perspective, God, that they will live, oh God, from the reality of the heavenly realms, God, and adjudicate matters with you on the earth that they will know Lord that those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ him he gave the right to become sons and because they believe in you they are sons God and they are sons with Christ Jesus co-heirs with God Father I ask Lord that this word will, will speak and unfold even more for days to come because Jesus you deserve it not only because our world needs it, but because you, Jesus, deserve it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you all so much for having me today. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.